the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, she's wrestling. Major thank you to the Mecca Shane Madison, producer Chris. We're producing at an awkward time this week, but we're producing, and that's all that matters. A day early. A day early. What is that? A dollar short. That's what I was going to say. Um, missing blood and guts right now. Blees and geese. Yeah. Okay, so that tells you when we're recording there, everybody. You don't have to guess. Um, where to start? Oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Yeah. Big episode 65. People are asking questions for the mailbag. And um, I got to say something. If you're a wrestling promoter, you used to have the adage, any press is good press. <laughs> and in this cancel culture... There are people who are oblivious to things that might go bad. And I, I, I'm i at a loss <laughs> because I don't want to seem like he's our whipping boy. Just like WPW are our darlings. Everyone says, God, they pick on primos. Hey, listen, if primos wasn't around, we wouldn't have a podcast. Well, we would because Adam, <laughs> Adam Knight would still be around. Yeah. And Mike would still want to tell us he's right each week. Yeah, but I'm at a loss. Because I get it. You get a chance to put a talent like Marty Skrull on your show. You'll want to do it. Especially in a school. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> we can't laugh. The problem is you can't joke about that because then laughing, people are going to say we're laughing at a serious issue. Right? Well, you're the only one who laughed. Well, because it was... I saw it. it Did was, you see it? Yeah, but I didn't know he was going to say it. <laughs> well, so. what are you going to say when Mark Merrick books Rick Steiner next? <sighs> I'm going to try not to laugh when you make a joke about it. <laughs> what happened with Marty Skrull? We, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Marty Skrull not knowing what got him canceled, and people threatened to cancel us over it. Yeah, that was... Just by talking about him. That was like two or three months ago, and yeah, we both... Neither of we us... We got an knew. email outlining what we didn't know, Yeah, and then we, we it, backed it, off of it. We made it. We made amends, Yeah, too. We brought it up. We, we like, backed hey. off. And then... <laughs> I was, it was funny last, this past week I was watching social media and I saw the post and I was like, that looks, that looks like an indie guy who looks like Marty Skrull. It was literally <laughs> 10 minutes after we recorded the last episode. Yes. And I was like, you know, I, I looked at my photo. I was like, I think that's an indie guy that looks like Marty Skrull because it can't be Marty Skrull. And it is. And I'm like, somebody is completely oblivious here. And totally oblivious booking Marty Skrull on a long weekend in August. On in a Sunday summer. night in Winnipeg. Perfect. Yeah, Dave Cote asked me right away, are you going to the Marty Skrull show? And I was like, I have, there's a thing going on at the stadium, like the giant yep. inflatable. I have to work pretty much around the clock. Mm-hmm. Like, but if I didn't, I would be at a pool. I'd be burned out from being in the sun and then drinking. Mm-hmm. The chances <laughs> well, of that, me, one of those things is your fault. Though. The chances of me <laughs> wanting to go to a wrestling show on a Sunday night of a long weekend, next to none. 
Fair. But let's talk about this. He, I don't think he's announced who he's wrestling in Winnipeg. Well, no, it's a tag team match, I thought. I saw it? that in Toulon. And we're going to talk about that in one second. <laughs> With the poster spelled wrong. Yes. We're going to talk about that in one second because I'm going to go off on that. You're being hard on the We today. have the best. I, so like, I like Graham. And yeah. Ben, you have balls of steel to do this. Who? Like Graham Keem. Like, I, I liked you, but boy, do you have balls of steel to do this. Yeah. But... In Winnipeg, you already, like, oh. unless Mentolo says, listen, I'm not touching this guy, <laughs> you better put a singles match together with Mentolo versus Marty Skrull, and Marty Skrull better put Mentolo over but clean. Hold on. Not only is Marty Skrull wrestling, you can also train <laughs> with Marty Skrull. Please be, yes, don't make a joke about it. I'm not, I'm just okay. stating the yeah, facts. Yeah, I know, That's I know, but I know what you're going to, you're going to have a wisecrack, you and know, I'm laughing. Me? Yeah, I'm laughing, I'm not no, laughing. I'm not, I'm very, I'm not very laughing about what Marty Skrull did. I'm laughing that Graham Keem has the balls to do this. It's a little tone deaf. Yes. Yeah, that's if what we're laughing now, at, to be you, clear. If you do this, if you book this guy, put him against AJ or you put him against Mentolo singles, do not, do not convolute it by making it a tag or some six Mixed way. tag? Yeah, yeah. do not. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. I'm going to get canceled. It's right there. For it's right there. It's right there. I'm, gonna get, I'm laughing at Graham, okay, not I'll at, stop, especially not laughing at Marty's victim. Listen, can we can we start a a weekly segment like dumb things Graham did weekly? Well, it, it's we're not even we're not even done there. <laughs> okay, I'm Marty's going to wrestle in a fourteen foot ring. Now, I think he's a very very good wrestler. Let me say that. And it, despite what he did, he is a v- amazing wrestler. It's a shame what happened. To I him would he's, want he would be making millions yes, of dollars right now. I would want to see him wrestle. And yep. they're going to put him in a fourteen foot ring. That's like that's like saying to an artist. How do we know that? Well, because he's it's the Pyramid Cabaret. He won't, doesn't have enough room. Is to, that where the show is? Yes, yes. At the Pyramid Cabaret. Yeah, but he doesn't have the room to do a sixteen foot ring or an eighteen. Well, he doesn't have an eighteen foot ring, but he. I think he does, doesn't he? No, Didn't he just he get used, a new ring. Well, he used a fourteen foot ring outside at the X. Yeah, okay. He used a fourteen foot Which ring no at sense. that show in that Wavell posted pictures of this Ugh. week. I saw a video of that before I came. Now, here. bear in mind, WWE and AEW they use eight or they use twenty foot rings on TV. So a- people AEW is eighteen. No, it's twenty. No, it's eighteen. I, uh, if you Google it, it says AEW uses a twenty foot ring. So, which they were surprised. WCW and TNA Impact. Yep. They they use it, WCW. Are you 18. sure about that? It, that's what I looked up. That's what my okay. research tells me. Now okay. it might be eighteen. Okay. I've always been an advocate from my time as as WFX pre- presenter and AWE for a twelve foot f- ring <laughs> or Tony's ten. <laughs> I've worked in it. I have always been the advocate of eighteen foot. Yep. For tag matches, especially. Yeah. But when you have wrestlers like Mentolo and AJ, and you have Marty Skrull. Mm-hmm. The more room they have, the more magic they can make. Mm-hmm. So do not waste this with 14 because they'll still put on a great match, but it won't be as good as it would be in a regular sized ring. How many shows is he running? Then? I know he's doing Toulon, and we're going to talk about that next. Teasley's. I would imagine, like, maybe he's doing a third, I don't know. Okay. But if he's in Toulon, now this is another problem. Robbie Royce and, and ATM, right. Team Impact, are going to take on Marty Skrull and Graham Keem, the promoter. Player one. Okay, Graham Keem does not belong anywhere in a sentence with any of those three talents, but especially Marty Skrull. And you're the promoter. You now look like you're paying for the rub. Yeah. Like, listen. Jay Brown move. In 2010, I could have said, Larry, 
Larry, and by Larry, I mean Larry Zabisco. <laughs> I could have said, Larry. Name dropping. I want to pin you in a singles match. Four minutes, because that's all I can do without getting blown up. And I want you to cut a promo after saying I'm better than Bruno Sammartino because you beat Bruno and I beat you. And Larry would have done it because I was paying him. Yep. But I never, never involved myself in an angle to get a rub off any of the names since the day that we started booking names with Jim Neidhart and TRCW in 2001. It was not my place as a booker and certainly not my place as a promoter to get a rub off the name. Now, think of this. You could do Marty Skrull and um, Toxic Tyler James in a tag match. You could do... Mo Luke in Mo- there. Yeah, there's so... See, the thing with Tyler James where it would work is he's counter-cancel culture. He is He pushes the envelope of, try and cancel me, you can't. So to bring in the guy who should be canceled in the wrestling business and him to say, hey, I condone this, would be great for his character. Question for you. Does Marty Skrull get booed? I think the problem with, and I've been tying this together when we talk about wrestling Mm -hmm. promoters bringing in people and being completely tone deaf to anything they might have done. I think that wrestling fans aren't going to hold him accountable, assuming everything he is accused of is legitimate. I don't know the case well enough. Does his audience even know who he is? Well, they should be doing a hell of a lot of educating between now and August long weekend when that match happens. I would be putting out ma- I would be putting out YouTube matches of showing his magic so people know what they're paying to see, right? I think that people like I was immediately was like <laughs> I laughed and said the balls on this guy, but he's bringing one of the best wrestling talents yep. he can get, mm-hmm. but he's ignoring the baggage that comes with that wrestling talent. I don't He think- also hired Adam Knight though. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I sent you a nice little reminiscing know, moment of Adam Knight from several years ago. If you've done something that should make you socially ostracized, call Graham Keem. He's got something for you. <laughs> I guarantee it. Like, there is no consequence in this guy's world. It's like, I don't care. Hold, hold up. You a didn't sec. do it to me. <laughs> so, if you were booking, would you book Marty Skrull? given, you know, what you know about him, the fact that he's amazing in the ring, but very problematic. I personally am not a booker, but I would not. But I could, I would listen to... I would agree with you. I would listen to the argument. Yep. There isn't an argument. I'll tell you why. I see the value. I know people are going to hit it on my YouTube channel. I know people are going to talk about it, but I also know it could get... Well, back in 2010 when I ran, getting mainstream media to tell people what this guy did would make me persona non grata and people would, wouldn't take me serious. But here's the other thing, Mike. You've always, you brought in people with some questionable Lex backgrounds. Buff Bagwell. Does Marty Skrull have trouble even getting here? That's what I, I had an interesting conversation with Steve Stryker today. And he has a point. Because this guy has British passport, he may not have to clear customs. So if I don't know, was he charged criminally? I don't believe he was charged criminally. Then he'll so I don't have think no he's issue. Got any problem getting? He'll okay. have no issue. But in today's world, if you did what is reported, and even if you didn't do what was reported, but you couldn't prove, like Joey Ryan is nobody in the in the business, and he was talented. Yep. Michael Elgin is essentially struggling to be like. like you, it's going to be tough for these guys. Yeah. And the one guy like. I laugh and I say the balls of the promoter because he's like, I'm oblivious to it. And Mm -hmm. and you know what? I don't think there's fans who aren't going to buy a ticket because of this. Mm -hmm. But I think there's people like you and me who are going to go like, 
God, how do you buy credibility when you do this? Yeah. And it's like, you know, listen, I, before all this went down, like I, I looked at Marty Skrull and I thought, man, this guy, like gimmick was over. Like the music was cool. The presentation was good. This guy was on pace, had like, he would have been an AEW. He would have been one of those pillars. I think he would have been in WWE. He'd be making millions of dollars right now. And that's all flushed down the toilet. Yeah. So, um, is he a phenomenal talent? Yes, he is. Uh, but our fans going to get a treat if he does a 16 foot ring and he puts them in there with Mentolo? Absolutely. Yeah. But here's the problem for Mentolo right now. His stock is higher than ever. He may very well be mm-hmm. in the process of getting a contract. I said it last week and you have something more to add to that. But could he, could Mentolo be tarnished by, by doing business with the guy? Like probably not. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, well, this is when, you know, you have to really look at the business as a business. Yep. And do you want to be associated with someone like that, with that background, right or wrong, whatever happened. But I mean, there's, there is some baggage there bringing this guy in. It, it does not look like Marty Skrull has been charged, by the way. I just did a little, so, little bit okay. of research. It doesn't look like he's been charged. He admitted to w- what was said. Yeah. But there's so some, he did it. Yeah, he he admitted that he kissed this sixteen year old girl after a IPW show when he was drunk. So yeah. he was when drunk. she was in a bar. She was in a bar. She was drunk too. They were both drunk, as far as I can tell. Is it defendable? No, absolutely not. He knew she was sixteen. Yes, he was training her. Okay, so then I, there's a power. That's a power. That's a, so I didn't know that. It's so a, that yeah. changes everything. He, she was uh, she was in the business, and she's accused others, including Joey Ryan, of okay. inappropriate. So that well. is okay. That's there's a lot to kind of hands so, off. Then I would say there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's there's enough smoke there that you don't want yeah. to be the promoter that says that's innocent until proven guilty. No, you want to be the promoter who says I can't do it. Yeah. That's we'd love to have you. Yeah. We recognize your talent, yeah. but it's just a bad look for our company. Do you know, I'm going to ask you something. And it was actually, I'm, I got to give credit to my friend, Dan Myers in Calgary. I don't know why nobody in Canada books El Fantasma. Like he's, Interesting. he's in new Japan, but yeah. he's from Vancouver. He was working in impact wrestling for a bit. Wasn't he? I think so. Through the through the talent trade, yep. and he definitely did the. Uh, I think he did um, all elite the uh, Forbidden Door pay per view. Yeah, yeah. But he like, did a why, pre-show match? Why is nobody like? If you want to bring somebody in, Marty Skrull, and you're going to try to sell that to the people, why are you not saying to El Fantasmo, "Hey, I'll 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 help you pay your trans to come home to Vancouver, and I'll book you in from Vancouver." Mm-hmm. There's no baggage on the guy. He's got one of the coolest entrances. Yeah, he's one of the best talents out there. Yeah, there was real buzz about him. Uh, fair, I mean, maybe a year ago, there was a real buzz for him. Yeah. Another know? guy doesn't like my cousin, Vance Nevada. Oh, really? Apparently not. <laughs> I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but apparently he he did not have good relationship with There are guys out Nevada. there, though. That's the point you're, I yeah. think you're getting but at. There, there, I just there, gave there you are people a, out there. I just gave you a name where everyone would be like, no one would know who he was. But again, use his talent to sell what a big deal it is. But I mean, maybe half of it is maybe... Graham is taking your advice. Maybe he's bringing this guy in as in an attempt to train some of his guys. Well, he is doing the training session. Because I saw a match that Wavell put on with Malcolm Lovechild, Jesse Dash, and Player One. How good was it? 17 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. Player One was in that? He was his three-way match. <laughs> this was Wavell's one-hour show concept yeah. that was designed to try to control the... 
Quality. The quality. And this was not good. This was not controlled quality, let me tell you. It was not good. So player one is teaming with Marty Skrull. Yes. Like, does he think he's good and just thinks that I'm not going to... I wonder if he's gotten to the point where he thinks, I'm not turning on Bishi's wrestling because I don't need to hear how bad I am. Maybe he's got Zach Mercuriitis where he thinks like he's actually has an opportunity to do something here. I don't know. True. All right. Um, let's update what's happening with Mentolo. Last week, I swore up and down he's going to get a contract. What Do you have anything to add to that this week? I have heard from reputable sources, let's just say. Yeah, that well-placed. Well-placed, that Mentolo will be used on any and all future Canadian dates and hit it out of the park with the quote was, he killed it. So they were very, very impressed. Like we so need no to contract coming. If if they say to you, you're going to be used on all Canadian dates, that isn't. Hey, uh, we're going to work something out here to get you a visa, and you're going to. Get At a contract. this time, there's been nothing, and I've seen Mentolo online um, downplay it. Basically, say, ah, I don't think anything's going to happen. I wouldn't count on that. I know, yeah. but like he I'm, is, I'm, he's a poker player for sure. But like, that's what I'm saying is what he's yeah. kind of keeping it on the DL. See if you so had, we'll see if I fingers had, crossed if I had asked. Mentolo, two days before the Dynamite, uh, sorry, the collision taping. No, the Rampage taping. Dynamite Rampage taping. Hey, lowest you, Rampage ever. He was involved in the <laughs> lowest rated Rampage ever. It's but, summer. You know, hey. Doesn't matter. It was we'll a good give segment. him a pass for that. If I'd asked him, hey, are you booked in Saskatoon? He would have said, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what he would have yeah. said. That's yeah. total Even mental. though he'd heard and he knew yeah. he was going to be there. <laughs> he's he got his say, plane ticket. Yeah, he's I, looking I at I haven't it. heard. I haven't heard. <laughs> he's got his bag in his um, hand. Yeah. I'm still going to, I'm doubling down on this. Yep. I, I believe it. he's going to get a contract because versatility means something. And this is a guy that can play up and down the roster. Mm-hmm. He's going to make league minimum, which is probably $150,000. Just peanuts for them. He's a real light. His, he Wears the best gear I've ever seen locally. Yep. He looks like a real life ca- cartoon character and uses that in his merchandising. Mm-hmm. He does everything right. And if they're, they would be, it's such a low risk investment oh, yeah. to get him under a deal for one year at his age, one year, go year to year. For him, it works amazing because it'll open his doors to do Japan and Mexico, which I know he would love to do. Yep. He may not like being an AEW for a year, but do the one year contract to open those doors. The visa would be a problem. But they'll get it for it. They will, but yeah. it, that would be a, an That's obstacle. That's why I think we're hearing right now that it's not imminent because I think it takes up to 12 to 14 weeks. Well, that's what I was going to say. The the fact they're saying we're going to use them in all future Canadian dates, it sounds like, okay, let's use them well, down the loop while we figure out this. While we do thing. his immigration. Yeah, exactly. I now, wouldn't be surprised if that's what that Now, means. if he goes to Montreal, like... That's does still he tra- four months away. Five I know, but away. does he trans himself in? Do, do they fly him in for that? I mean, I mean, that's a long way away. Is that their next Canadian date? Right now, that's the next one, December 5, December 6. And I, I swear up and down, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not in Winnipeg in, in December. Because I believe this, and uh, WWE is going to come back. Uh, so WWE is here in August, and I would bet we're getting WWE in the road to WrestleMania mm-hmm. lead March. up. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. So that would lead me to believe December or Jan December. Cause it can't go as it's going to be three months split in between dates. I know we're not getting AEW in November from what I'm told, but I was also told, but from the same, that from my very reliable source on their dates mm-hmm. that they, Winnipeg was supposed to get that week that they're in Montreal. They were supposed to get that. And then Montreal came open and they decided they wanted to get into Montreal as fast as they could. That's a smart move. Yeah. So it's it's a wonderful time. <laughs> I'm sorry that I, I'm still like shocked by Graham Keem. 
but I'll tell you something, that ballsy little bugger, he know he knows how to get us talking about him. Like okay, sure. he does every like what are we at for time, Chris? He does everything. He oh. does everything I wouldn't do and everything I wouldn't have the balls to do. Yeah. And I love it about him. Sure. Like, yeah, the Eric Bischoff model controversy. It's, no, it's, cash. it's not it gives be, us it's more reckless about. than Eric it's Bischoff. It's way more reckless like, for sure. It's it's unreal, is it, what it is. Perhaps Paul Heyman. But when we come back, I want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, Abdullah the Butcher. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about AEW in Western Canada. There's so much Don Callis. There's Lots s- of Impact Wrestling news. Yes, so we got a lot coming up. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. This is Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy, on sale now. And you're listening to Bees, She's Wrestling. I'm probably going to be on an episode of Dark Side of the Ring for laughing in the last segment, but I was laughing at the promoter who has the balls to do what this guy does. All right, let's make that clear. Dark Side of the Ring this week, Abdullah the Butcher, and I have to be honest, this week has, or this season has been really good. Yep. This episode was the best one in the last three. And Abdullah the Butcher, who was a mystic character, like the mystique around this character, the believability. I was scared of him when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. In 2002, Dave Pinsky made a big play for us to try to make a play to get Abby in in W... uh, PCW? I I started too many companies. PCW. And after we had the big success with Eddie Guerrero, he, Dave Pinsky was like, why don't you go get Abdullah the Butcher? He would draw. And I thought Winnipeg wouldn't be Abdullah the Butcher country. I don't think so. I no. don't think so either. So Abdi's we, the bees? Yeah. So we, Abdullah and Terry Funk were two guys at that time I looked at, and we were talking $3,500 for each guy or either guy. Boy, and Terry we, Funk would have been something else though. I don't know that Terry would have been big in Winnipeg at that time. Like Guerrero was big and Honky mm. added the the... Honky and Beefcake added the finishing touch to that show. The finishing touch was your what, nice what haircut. Year, what year was oh. it? Was 2002. It? <laughs> so it was before his run in WWE? No, he'd been there as Chainsaw Charlie. Okay. In fact, he didn't have a run on TV after that. Okay, so he, he might have drawn, maybe. Maybe with ECW fans, yeah. but like... Yeah. Well, he was in WCW for a little while after that. That was a bad run. Yeah, that, that was, was bad not run. good. Anyway, anyway yeah, so, so getting, getting to Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> Do I believe Abdullah the Butcher is illiterate? No, I believe he's a carny. He's he, working. He's working that to try to justify why he didn't defend a lawsuit. Okay. I think Abdullah the Butcher was in the locker room, or no, he was not in the same locker room as Bruiser Brody got killed, but he was on the same show. And I believe that he continued to do business with Carlos Colon in 1988, if I'm not mistaken. That's when Bruiser May Brody. Of, May of 88 is when Bruiser yeah. Brody got killed. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I like that. 
that he continued to prop up that office when everybody should have walked away because yep. Invader was in the office and killed one of the big draws. Yeah. A legend. But, so I'm not an apologist for Abdullah the Butcher. But I'm also not an apologist for Devin Nicholson. Nope. And everyone says, well, what happened to Devin Nicholson is unfortunate and he deserved to sue Abdullah the Butcher and Abdullah the Butcher was negligent. And I don't agree. Really? I do not agree with that one bit. I'm going to tell you why. In 1991, Magic Johnson tested positive for HIV. Before that, AIDS was all over mainstream media. And all through the 90s, you didn't need to be clued in that commingling of blood could lead to f- serious ramifications. Okay? In 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, when this supposedly happened to Devin, Devin wasn't a wrestler being told by a booker in a wrestling company, you're going to do a program with Abdullah the Butcher. Devin was the promoter asking Abdullah to come and do business, knowing he was going to book bloodbaths against Abdullah the Butcher. To me... He knows what he's getting into. To me, that's no different than a guy going to a whorehouse, having unprotected sex, and then pissing and moaning that he got herpes, or worse. We're on fire this week. There's a difference. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not even cutting any of that out. It's just going to go in. Um, Make your arguments. My argument is this, and I think you're right. I am right. You're not going to sue the whorehouse after. Hold on. You knew what you were getting into. Johnson came out and admitted he had HIV. Abdullah the Butcher... He he kept that behind a shroud of mystery for years. I don't know if he's ever admitted. No, he, he has knowledge that he had it. He did have knowledge. They went into that on the dark side. Episode. Yeah, that he had tested. Yeah, okay, but, but hold, at that hold t- it. At, and here's your I'm argument. I'm defending at, this at guy. The, at that time, everybody knew. Everybody's known forever, but Abby had never admitted it. So that would be at, no. Nobody that, knew that he had it. No, no. I think that I think Mick Foley mentioned it in his book that it, alluded to it in his book. That okay, Abby. here's what I'm saying. If I am the promoter the booker and the wrestler that books myself against Abby, knowing it's going to be a bloodbath. I've seen Abby have bloodbaths with at least a hundred other wrestlers in his career. That's the same as going into a whorehouse and having unprotected sex with a, with a worker, with a, with a hooker, and then coming out with an STD and going, well, she should have divulged to me. She had it, except I knew the risk. And then the other thing is, there's a risk factor. The other thing is, why is the dummy letting Abdullah cut him? Well, that's the other he's thing. He's saying he didn't know Abby was going to do it. That, Come on, how many matches? That, that was the big thing is that he said that I never authorized Abdullah oh. the Butcher to cut me. That's why. That's kind of why his case worked for him. Yeah, but I still went in to a match where I knew I was going to bleed and he was going to bleed, which would lead to m- risks of commingling. Which means I assumed the risk, knowing I was I, doing I that. And, if and that knew, is my yeah, argument. And if he knew they you. were both going to bleed, and he wasn't the one going to be gaffing himself. How did but he I think, think he, he was knew he was gaffing himself? He figured he was going to gaff himself, but he, did he didn't think Abby with the same blade was going to do it. But oh, that's okay. not to me. That's not the issue. The risk was the commingling that no, could happen. Still, the issue with you both bleeding. It, that's definitely the issue. Being cut with somebody else's blade, not not knowing it. That's assuming assault. he didn't know it. Yes, assuming, assuming he did exactly. Not. But that's that's the way it's been presented. So I mean, listen, I would never, I would never let somebody one cut my head i would never bleed second of all i would never let somebody cut my head with the same blade that they've used to cut their own head okay that's just just common sense i'm just playing devil's advocate devin nicholson is a knob like i have a hard time defending him. taking away that it was 
shared blade that might have been the problem. Yeah. It might not have been that. That's how it transferred. It might have been from both of them bleeding exactly. and the commingling. Yeah. Let me tell you, I wouldn't bleed. I wouldn't bleed with Ric Flair. I wouldn't have bled with Dusty Rhodes. I wouldn't have bled with Billy Graham. Or, I bled with Chichi Cruz, and that worried me a little bit. <laughs> no, no doubt. Yes. I would be very careful. I don't think I would bleed with any other wrestler. I don't think I would bleed in a ring at that, in 2008 or 9 because at that point, I don't think blood sells as much as it did in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. Yeah, 2009 was... It's a... That was not a particular. People knew what the trick was. Yeah, it was not a particularly bloody period so, in wrestling either, even on indies. So I don't like that, it, especially Abby, knowing that he had this issue, he should have stopped bleeding. But I really, the problem is, is there should have been some understanding of risk yeah. on the part of Devin Nicholson. So don't play but, victim. But, but it, as Abby, if you have knowledge of this, is it not incumbent upon you not to wrestle then and not to gaff? Not when that's your living. Right, I mean, I'm just thinking from his perspective. Sure. That's from, what from he's me, thinking. I, I sh- I'm sure it is. But then we look at it, and it's like, listen, but we all period. feel terrible about what happened to Devin Nicholson. But Devin Nicholson just comes across as a very unlikable guy, so True. we don't really feel as sorry for him as we probably should. But like, he's got to take some responsibility. In That's this. exactly what I'm saying. I, I think. Agree. I yeah. think that the fact that he's sitting there saying, "I got this two million dollar lawsuit," I still like. If I asked a wrestler, "Hey, you're uh, we're booking in Abby." Darren Dalton, you're going to wrestle him, and it happened. A at, week. And it happened. At, no, he wouldn't have said that. <laughs> he would have been honored. But if that, if this all happens and Darren Dalton gets it, I'm the one who put him in that position. I'm the promoter. I'm the booker. I was although Abby. I'd I didn't be worried what, about wrestling Darren Dalton. Yeah, although I didn't know what Abby, <laughs> I didn't know what Abby had. I still know. Hey, he's bled with a lot of people. Mm. Right. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, I loved. I loved the episode. I thought that. One thing about Abby, he comes across articulate and like, like, but, but a carny. He's working it for yeah, sure. He's a worker. Like he doesn't know how to read or write. Yeah. Come on. That was just his excuse to get like. Just the work. Well, and, he ran and, a you know, and you know what happened, hey? Once he, once his, once the, once the judge ruled against him, all of his money went into his wife's bank account. Malika's or whatever? Uh, no, his, his original wife. Okay. And then she said. See ya. <laughs> so she stole all his money. That's why he's got nothing. So he Whoa. has no money yeah. living in Atlanta. He's destitute. So that's yeah. a shoot. Yeah. Because she stole all his money. That's what happened. They didn't go into that in the episode. So here's the thing with Abby in his prime, he would have been making boatloads of money. Japan, Puerto Rico. He he didn't do many American dates because mm-hmm. he didn't make as much money in America. He didn't do any Canadian dates, even though he's from Windsor. This was his money was Puerto Rico and and uh, Japan. Well, and the story about him was always that he was a shrewd businessman. Like yeah. th- that he you know had real estate and he had his restaurant, which was terrible apparently, and th- things like that. Like he invested himself properly, but boy, to end up with nothing at the end. I mean, yeah. I'm going to ask one of my friends who knows both Devin and and Abby. What uh, first I'm going to ask him, can Abby read or not? And you and most people are going to know. So I'm going to follow up on that. And Devin Nicholson. And the, here's the other thing, you know, talking about his WWE contract getting rescinded. Come on. Is that guy, did anybody ever think that guy was going to make money? He had good size. That's exactly what I said. But he was the she's in the ring. Well, and here's another thing on that episode. I don't believe that those two anchors were not in on that. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was that There about? would have been criminal charges. Can you believe it? There would be, even in 2009, <laughs> there would bleeding. be... We'll be back yeah, after break. Cri- there would be a criminal <laughs> charge if a guy like Devin came in and picked that woman up and carried her yes. off set. You, he, she would be like, you, you idiot. Do not ever touch me. Oh that was, gosh. that had to have been worked. I guarantee it. Like I would, the only way I will believe that wasn't a work is if the anchor goes on that episode and he says, I was, I was pissed, but I had no idea what to do, but to go with it. And even then, I would still think he was in on it. But wow. Um, What an episode. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And tell me why I'm wrong because, you know, what I said. But do not cancel me. Um, You know, we have to touch on something. Our friends at WPW touched base with me about that sign controversy. And they they said... So did they they talk to me about that. Yeah, and they said, like, they don't have an official policy. And, you know... The story out there is a case of wrestling gossip and it's, there's nothing to it. It was a fan that, that had done it and whatever. So we, uh, I said, I said we would touch on that and, and take it down a notch. Um, but they, it, there is no official sign policy or, and the wrestlers are told, Hey, as long as it's socially acceptable, you're totally allowed to do it. Right. But you know what? And we can say this, I mean, news this week about, we were joking about it earlier and it's not a joke, but we were talking about it. Rick Steiner being booked for WrestleCon after what happened with Giselle Shaw back in like in the spring, then being unbooked and then WrestleCon instituting a code of conduct, which WPW in my, to the best of my knowledge, they are the original wrestling promotion that has a code of conduct. I don't know anyone else who has a code of conduct and now uh, WrestleCon has one as well. So uh, they need one because when they announced Rick Steiner was coming back and their their flimsy excuse for bringing him back, I was like, what is what is the what was the flimsy with you? excuse the, that Rick has learned a lot. Rick has learned a lot and he's apologized to everybody. And they gave him a 24 hour window to offer an apology, which they did not expect that they would have. And then at that 24 hour time had elapsed, then they revoked his yeah. invitation to WrestleCon in Detroit. For SummerSlam, well, he's weekend. from Detroit. No, the WrestleCon was in Detroit oh, for the oh, SummerSlam weekend. Oh, the yeah. one that he was booked for, yeah. and then he's taken from off. Detroit, so that might have been yes. why they wanted him. Yes, you know, I I did business with Rick Steiner in 1995 or no 2005. I had him and Scott in it. The the crappy thing. I don't condone what he did or his opinions, but he's a nice man. Like he'd be the kind of guy you'd want to drink a beer with mm-hmm. if this didn't happen. Yeah. And that's the crappy thing when a guy gets canceled for doing something he should not have done. But I, knowing Rick and Scott that I, I got to spend three days with them. I could just see Scott egging them on. Yeah. Say this, say this. And Rick thinking it was a rib and it's in this day and age, it's not a rib. There are people that will hold you responsible for your stupid behavior. And that's what happened here. And you know, the worst part is that Rick's son, Braun Breaker now has to, you know, it's it's not a dark cloud over him, but it could be a dark cloud. It could over be him because of Braun Breaker. Now he there will be no acceptance whenever he creeps anywhere close to that line. So he has to he has to distance has to himself perfect. from his father's indiscretion. And that's crazy that like you look at like Rick Steiner like use a little brains in twenty twenty three. I mean, you have a kid who's in the developmental program. Well. It's that they're pushing to the moon. You don't have to say anything. Like the, it was completely unprovoked. You just went yeah. into the Hall of Fame. Like, it, yeah. like she walked by. He said what he said. He could have said nothing, and it yeah. we, 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 he could have thought it. 
yeah. and said nothing, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know what, and I'm not condoning it, but it would happen like this. Guy could say it to his buddies, and they all laugh about it. And because you don't say it loud, you don't have to own it, right? Yeah. That's the crappy thing. I've heard it a million times around the wrestling business. Hey, yeah. look at that one over there and say it. But he said it loud, and she heard it. She was victimized by his opinion, and yeah. that's not proper. It's actually, it's repulsive. Well, she he yelled it in a convention, so, I mean, yeah. it's not just her that hurt He you. belittled her. Yeah. And it's, it's he's she's a victim, and he's a he's an awful person for doing that. Yeah. Um, I want to shift to AEW in Western Canada. I talked to my friends in Regina who've been involved in the wrestling promoting game. Yes. What happened there, I said... Did they not advertise it right? And he said, Regina is a WWE town. Really? He, he said, if it was a spring or fall date for WWE, they would draw 2,500 easily. That's, <laughs> that's not a, a WWE town. That's 2,500. Yeah, that's like Stampede Wrestling. Yeah, well, so, but he said that would be easily a 2,500 draw for WWE. So that's not, mm. that, the thing is, is AEW came close to that. It's just, it's not a wrestling town is what it is. But he said, you know what? There's, there's Craven Country Thunder. There's Moose Jaw. There's like fairs and festivals all around in that time that people get really jacked up for. Riders games that people get really mm -hmm. jacked up for. No one was excited for a wrestling show coming to town. And that's mm -hmm. why they struggled with tickets. Summers on the prairies is a big time for people. People go camping because you were for you know, 10 months a year, we're stuck inside. So people want to go camp and they want to go to Lake. They want to go to Craven. They want to do all these things. They don't want to, you know, oh. you know, the Saskatchewan market better than anybody. You live there for what? Five and years? a half, uh, six years, six okay. and a half years. Yeah. You know, Richard Brown, I think Richard Brown said this, and if I misquoting him, he'll correct me and we'll touch on it again next week. He said, Regina was hotter than the fans in Regina, despite being a smaller crowd, they were more into it and louder than the fans in Saskatoon. And I thought the Saskatoon crowd came across better yes i forgot to On post TV? that picture i'll make sure yeah. the, the picture is up from the saskatoon house that S tony candelo says is four thousand. he's got he knows a crowd when he sees it i don't think there's four thousand so there. safe to say they won't be back in saskatchewan anytime soon and no. probably wwe won't be making how that. did they do in, for attendance in calgary do we know in edmonton edmonton they got about four no, they had more than that, I think. Five? Yeah, 5,000. But Edmonton but it, right now is a, a 12,000 for WWF. Edmonton WWE. was, yeah, well, they were a hot crowd, though. Yeah. They were really hot. And then uh, Calgary, I think they were like around 3,000. Three? Yep. Tied into the Calgary Stampede Somewhere and Owen Hart. Yep. Okay, so. Owen Hart Foundation winners. Yeah, Ricky Starks. That didn't make Ricky Starks a bigger star, though. Hold on a second. Didn't CM Punk come out his debut night with a bag with the belt in it saying, Hey, I'm as far as I'm concerned, I'm the champ. Until you beat me, nobody is the champ around here because I have this. Well, didn't Ricky Starks just beat him? Yeah. Does that make Ricky Starks the champion? Now, I've gone at nauseum about how they have to create a babyface superstar. This didn't do it. He cheated to win. Yes. And the Punk didn't need to win, though. No, that's it. Like, yeah. this this should help Ricky Starks in the long run. And Willow Nightingale should as well. I don't pay attention to their women. But, uh, but what I'm saying is it's <laughs> it's it's someone new. It's somebody I never different. You know what I found find hard to follow their women? Mm -hmm. Is Britt Baker should be their top star. Yep. And it never translates. And it's like, it's all of these characters that I, I can't get behind. Like, there's nothing that I can follow. Look at Soraya. Like, that's just, like, should have been, like, white hot and just went in the toilet. Yeah. And now she's just, like, another face there. Um, so, speaking of Ricky Starks, could they position Ricky Starks to be an upper echelon guy? They should. They sh they Again, if they go him versus MJF, if they went there, Ricky Starks would have to come up in the angle. Mm -hmm. 
right? Could he do it? Yes. Adam Cole isn't coming up in this angle right now. What they're doing, I don't, they're going to get to a match that people aren't going to buy because they're not making Adam Cole's goal in life to become the AEW world champion. That's how you get the champ. So look back in 88, look back in 93. And I'm going to tell you two or 92, two heel champions in 88. It was Ric Flair. Luger and Sting would have, would have ripped their own arm off to win that title. In, in 92, Cactus Jack, Sting, all these baby faces would have killed Vader to win that title because that's how important it was. When you have a heel champion, the baby faces' goal in life should be to win that title. That title should be so important, not because of the financial aspect, but being champion is such an honor. When you take that value away from the championship belt, you have a hard time getting your angles over. The, the segments are entertaining, but to your point, Mike, it's nobody's moving forward. It's like lateral; they're moving sideways. It's because just, it's the, just complete lateral movement. From a booking standpoint, they don't know how to get any angle hot. So, yes. would you be opposed to potentially them doing twelve pay per views a year and a third hour of dynamite? <sighs> no, they'll they'll die based on over over saturation, over exposure. I've seen a lot of WCW in this. Mm. Double you know? double turn, Adam Cole and MJF. Here's what I would say: They've talked about doing twelve pay per views a yeah, year. Yeah, I know, and it's it, on and the board there's potentially. A da- there's yeah. a financial incentive to For do sure. it, but it's also going to shorten your lifespan. By three years, it could cut you down to a company that could go out of business in three years. WCW proved it. Yep. The fans could be like, this isn't good enough. This isn't, there's nothing to keep me. Raw has a hard enough time doing three hours. I loved Raw this week. Yes. Raw's been excellent. But three hours of it is really tough. I disagree. It's too long for me. It's too long. I would love two hours, but the three hours didn't drag for me. It's been very good the last That's several fair. months. Yeah, you have to be really, you have to have very good, a very deep roster to do three hours, and you need to have a very, very strong creative energy to do it, and I don't know that AEW has either. Uh, what do you have for impact notes? So coming off of Slamversary, uh, was their big annual pay-per-view. I believe this is, what, their 21st year. The picture business. from Windsor looked amazing. Yeah, they did a great job at St. Clair College. Um, had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of returns. Eric Young came back. Yep. And this wasn't this wasn't really, um, basically, so here's what happened with Eric Young. He, he was under contract since, I believe, November. And then what happened was when Vince got into power, and I have this from a very reliable source, he he basically called Triple H and said, I want out. And Triple H said, why? And he goes, I can't work for this guy. And then Triple H said something to the effect of, dude, you're under a three-year contract. What if he just like waited out? The old man's not going to be here forever. Like kind of, and I don't know if he meant he might be out of power, might be dead. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> I don't know what he meant. But then um, he basically said, I can't work for that guy. I can't be here. So then Triple H said to him, you know what, man? Um, I He's like, that's too bad, but I respect your decision, and you got big balls for doing that. And he basically said, the door is open for you if you want to come okay, back. Okay, so, so that's let, great news for Okay, so, so let me ask you this. Triple H and Vince are having a conversation. Yeah, Eric Young's decided he's walking because you're back. Who's Eric Young? Exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> for sure. What? Yeah. We can't lose this guy. That never got uttered. Of once. course. But they were like, but he sat at home yeah. and just, he got paid to work yeah. out 90 yeah. days and they were going to redo sanity yeah. is what the angle was. Yeah. That's why they brought kind of Nikki cross back 
So then H is sitting there going like, this is going to mess up everything. Like Eric Young has decided to walk. Like yeah. our company cannot have, uh, handle this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then there's that. <laughs> You're salty this week. And then Nick Aldis lost to um, Alex Shelley. Yeah, and he's done with impact. Well, that's what they, that's what the sheets say. Yeah. But I know they booked his travel for the next. So he's not done. TV apparently. tapings. So apparently he was just a stopgap until Josh Alexander returned. Thank God for that. Well, I love Josh Alexander. Yeah. Who so is now the new trainer of the Can-Am Wrestling School in Windsor. Oh, so yeah. So he's the new trainer. So if you want a good place to go train and you're not in Western Canada with top talent, and go you to you can't Windsor. afford Mark Merrick, you yeah. go to Windsor, Ontario and train with Josh Alexander. <laughs> you're not touching it? I can't keep picking on that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but like yeah. that guy. I do yeah. too. So anyways, but Nick Aldis, uh, we don't know if he's in or out. There's been speculation that he might be a producer with WWE. That's what we've seen in the news. Of course, he's 38 years old. They probably got the LA Knight syndrome where they looked at him and goes, ooh, he's 38 years I, old. I would book him for one year and see how he gets over. But he is, he gives off this, just, he's so unlikable he's a cock he's just a douchebag yeah like he's a good heel though yes for that reason i was talking to somebody who he was at an autograph signing and he was with his wife mickey james and obviously it's like if you get a two for one it's better and then this guy was uh i guess he was talking to mickey mickey james and mickey james was talking to some other fan and then he kind of was starting to talk to nick aldis nick aldis kind of looking around like going huh is this guy gonna go like just giving off like a total dick vibe and then what did he, and then the fan said something to the effect of, you know what, that's why nobody likes you. Cause you're such a, you're such an egotistical prick or something like that. And like people in the office basically looked at, at each other and they go, Oh, well, it's, it's nice that somebody actually said it to him. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's the vibe that he gives off. So, yeah. I mean, do you want a guy like that in the locker room? Specifically producing talent. I don't well, know. I wouldn't want him producing talent. I would try to, I would bring him in. And see how it works. Oh, yeah. Because there was, Ellie Knight had a lot of people who said he's not the nicest guy. But Very difficult to produce. But he's getting over. Drank all of Demore's good booze. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of heat on him. <laughs> there you go. But he manages to, like, they're in. They got something there. Back in yeah. TNA or Impact, yeah. he was a very good guy at a time where they needed a champion like him. Then he did a little bit with NWA. Then he gets in with WWE on a developmental. Then he turns that into main roster spot. And he's probably going to get a feature match at WrestleMania or very close to it. So why would you not take Nick Aldis and see what you can get out of Squeeze that lemon and see what you can get out of it. And if it doesn't work, you fire his ass and you let him go back to Impact or you let him go back to NWA because that's going to be his only options at that point. Mm-hmm. you got nothing to lose. It's What I just said with Mentolo, low-risk investment, that's the same thing on Nick, Nick Aldis. Mercedes Monet was backstage as well. Signing? Just hanging out. How much money could she possibly want? She came to watch Trinity win the uh, yeah, Knockouts World besties. Championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if she if they're besties, like Tamino was there too. So you got to think Scott Demore is smart enough to leverage friendships. I almost leveraged friendship to get JBL in 2010. I'm I'm sure he is. I'm sure yeah. Scott Scott had a conversation. Well, again, Trinity's on a six month deal. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's basically just to try it out and see how it goes. So in 2010, I'll tell you, this is what Scott would be thinking. I almost got China because of a friendship with Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. I almost got JBL because of a friendship with Charlie Haas. Like that's how that was like, we had a deal with Waltman, but there was, we were about to announce him as an unadvertised attraction, but then there was no more shows. 
Like it was, it was incredible. Like we, that's how it was. Oh, I talked to this guy. He's interested in coming in. How much would he want? Well, you know what? We told him about the after parties. Sounds like he's going to be pretty amenable to do a deal. Okay. This is better than, could you imagine how big that would have been to have Billy and we had access to road dog at that time. He was doing all the CWE shows. We could have put, you know, road dog, Billy and X pack in the middle of the ring as a surprise would have blown the top off yeah. the old studio. Road Dog loves the lazy carn. Yes. Oh, he loves it. Pops huge. Yes. Every time we he do was it. The, such a nice guy. The too. best guy. Like he yeah. really was. And like, you know, it's funny in 2010, sorry to cut you off on your impact notes, but um, he actually came to me and he said, why don't you book me for WFX? And I said, well, we wanted to give Billy runway to take off as a solo act. And if you're there, you either have to feud with him or you have to team with him but he doesn't get to take off the same way. And he said, Oh, I totally understand. He said, but if you ever need any help, you know, if I, especially if I'm going to be going on tour with Danny a couple of days later, bring me in, I'll just help in the back. And, you know, but this again was July and we were pretty much yeah. on our, I think Jeff Dick was finding out that CRA was making it impossible to have money. Anyway, carry on with your notes. No, that's all I got for, uh, Impact notes, but a hell of a pay-per-view. If no one has seen it, I would highly go out of your way Everything to check it out. Everything they are doing. Yep. Everything that yep. you, you hear us talk about how all elite can't pull off, pull the trigger because they can't position the pieces. Right. And then you see impact and every piece they put into play, yep. it all adds up to good business. Like it, it, it defies logic. What Tony Khan sitting there looking at his own product, like a toy that he like his own personal toy. He must look at it and go, what, what are they doing? Right. What am I not getting right? Right? That's what you have to do. Same thing in Winnipeg. Graham Keem has to look at it. What is WPW doing right? And what am I what can't I do? What am I not getting right? Right? That's the best way to learn is look at your competitor and say, holy, like go back to 2001 and 2002 when Ernie Todd was going to war with Bobby J. And then and then he didn't really go to war with John Newen, but he couldn't have gone to war with John Newen, although no. he made a complaint to the competition, or the Cor- Corporations Bureau Competitions Act, saying that we were trying to create a wrestling monopoly. <laughs> and Andrew thought it was great because apparently in an email I said, I will gladly put you out of business. And he, he made a complaint to the Competition Bureau. How would, how, would the comp- oh! how would the complaint go? What would he say? Oh, they're trying to use money to put me out of business because I'm a business, whatever it was. <laughs> but it was like, he, he's because I made a flippant comment that I would, I, I said, I just put Bobby J out of business i'll gladly put you out of business i remember that comment and he he took it to the corporation bureau and made a complaint and then like at that time i could fire andrew up that he'd beat anybody up if i said like pound the piss out of this guy he would try to get a fight going with that guy did you ever hear the story of andrew shellcross and wayne stanton getting into the very first shoot no okay so the (laughs) if i did i want to hear it though yes danny duggan was a 14 year old little shit she's disturber (laughs) It's too late. You said, every, said everything 500 times already. So <laughs> it's over. So Danny did something to piss off Stanton early in the day. So apparently Danny was told to leave the venue. And this was at Norquay. How would he tell him? You should go home. <laughs> I don't know what he said to him because I didn't see that. Well, but I did uh... see. So Shellcross told Danny, sit down because Danny was <laughs> Shellcross's little buddy. They would not stay buddies forever. But... <laughs> And so he said, sit down, you're, you're staying with me. So all of a sudden, Stan, like two matches, three matches in, he sees Danny sitting there and he walks over and he said, I thought I told you to leave. <laughs> and, and Shellcross said, sit down. And Danny's like, Danny's like looking at Wayne and Stan walks over to Shellcross and he said, Andrew, you're a coward and you've always been a coward. <laughs> 
And Shellcross gets right up and he's right in Wayne's face. Oh yeah, you piece of cheese. Oh yeah, you want to? And he and Stan walks away and Shellcross follows him, just just yelling at him. Danny did not leave the venue. The show went on and Stanton avoided Shellcross the rest. Was of the that night. when Danny was Mask of Honor? Uh, uh, probably around that time and Danny had the haircut with the, down the middle and yeah, yeah the, bowl, the bowl the cut. bowl cut yeah. but and Danny could probably tell that version better oh, and, Al, so and Andrew could all four guys will tell a version of that story but I was there and I was like because I was friends with Stan I was like okay guys calm down but that's that's how that Andrew you're a coward and you've always been a coward um <laughs> Do we have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Did you want to touch on Don Callis being attacked? Oh, yes. Your buddy. Yes, yes. Um, you saw the video. I have not seen the video. It's ridiculous. It's like, it doesn't look like anything. It, like, it looks like he just got knocked over and he's down on the ground and he's selling Didn't he around. have to be early? Like, how far did, was San Diego from this that he went and had to get medical care in San Diego? Well, wasn't this just it after was, it was in Mex Mania, It was in Mexico. Which I watched the match with Kenny Omega and El Vikingo and all it was was Kenny just carried the entire match. All it was was he was just a post for this guy to do his stunts. That's all yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so then after the match? After the match, Omega's doing um, a promo basically and then Don interrupts him doing the same old shtick that he's been doing. You know, I did everything for you, blah, blah, blah. And then some guy off to the corner, just like, I don't know. He didn't even like attack Don. He just kind of like, almost like he, it looked like a security guard was trying to hold somebody away from Don. And then Don just like fell on the ground <laughs> and then his like shirt got ripped and you hear him go, what the fuck is this? And he, Conan. And then, and then he's just selling on the ground. Like, he's looking like he doesn't know what's going on. And I go, what? I was expecting something like to tackle him and like punch him oh, out. But the, he took this like shitty Harley race bump and he's just lying around on the ground. And I'm like, yeah, like I watched, what? The, I watched the video. Cause I, Conan's the booker and he's pitching. Conan? Yeah, like, what was Conan supposed to do? This, Protect him. This was the vicious assault. That was like, well, what? That, that's yeah, exactly. I read it in the, in the sheets. But, First, I was oh, like, was "Oh ridiculous. God, I hope." Well, because he ended up going to San Diego yeah. for medical treatment. Yeah. Like, I'm like, like, "Oh God, I hope Don's all right." And then I look look up this video, and I'm like, "Nothing happened." I was like, "What's the drive time from where the show was listen, to San Diego, not, or did he not, get on a plane?" It's not far. Listen, okay. he needs to drink more milk because if he went, my grandmother could have survived that fall. <laughs> okay, so here's the next question I have. So, did you see the promo he cut in Spanish? Yes, it was amazing. I don't yeah. know what he was saying, but wow! Like I didn't know he was fluent in Spanish. He basically just was saying because I know some Spanish. He, he basically just said, <laughs> "Do you that, really?" Yeah. He basically <laughs> we're gonna do the event center in Sp on <laughs> yeah. Espanol yeah. one day, but um, no. Basically, well, I go to Mexico for like so do um, I. Well, I go to Cuba, yeah, but, but I, I go didn't for a month. I go yeah. for a month. I got to talk to these people. You right? don't have to. Well. Listen, I'm not like... He's got an, orders to Cadiz. Uh, exactly. I'm yeah. not an American. I don't expect them to know English. I'm coming to their country. Yes. I need to understand their culture and their language. That's okay, how so I look at it. Okay, so you sit there and do reading before you go? Or? Yeah, I do Duol Duolingo and you learn Spanish, right? But basically what Don was saying, um, he just was saying that he's going to be in El Vikingo's corner. Okay, so how did he say... So repeat what he said? Well, that's, I'm paraphrasing what he said. You, I don't remember what he said. It was okay. like a minute promo. It was just yeah. a minute promo. Are you asking him to speak Spanish yes. right now? <laughs> okay. That's what's happening. Okay. <laughs> no, but, and then, uh, and then Don tried to come out to the ring and then Conan stopped him yeah. and then said, you're going to the back. And he had some, some goons 
you know, basically. So maybe Don thought that Conan had a trainee that got a little aggressive <laughs> yeah. and that, that maybe that's why he, yeah, Conan, I, what the. Great Pepito incident. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> the, vi- the video was ridiculous. I'm like, this is the vicious assault we were talking about. Well, and they made it sound like it was life or death. It like, looked what, like nothing. Yeah. Cause Brian Alvarez talked about it. Like this was not an angle. This was serious. And it was, I it, hope he's all right, but yeah. I mean, we're making fun, but. I saw the video. And I don't see. Yeah, like he, like he feebly. Yeah, I want to. Cor- I want to correct you. We have not made fun of anyone or anything this entire episode. Yeah, that, that, we, we never do. Yeah. This entire episode hasn't been us making this fun of anybody. A, this is just as our sarcasm. We're like, talking about what's going on. Yes. If do we some, have it? Do we have any other notes other than Callus? Um, the only other thing is Teddy Hart in the news again oh. this week. Oh gosh. There's yeah. another guy. Like Graham Keem's probably got him on the list to come in <laughs> next month. You know, <laughs> right after Rick Stein. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't booked him already. Well, I booked Teddy Hart in 2010. He's an eccentric fellow. You sent me to Foot Locker with him to get him sneakers. Did I or did you, Liam? And then I said to Teddy Hart, I go... Did Jeff Dick maybe send you that? I don't remember. Maybe I did. Maybe But I did. he had no shoes. And I said to him, what the F are you going to wrestle in? Yeah, I don't think he cared. <laughs> and he brought his cat with him to Foot Locker and we got sneakers. Oh. So in the news again. You know what? You would have been my running shoe reasons. expert at that time. So that's probably why you were sent. Because you were. I got some new You got kicks. arrested. I got some new kicks. There you go. Yeah. No, he got, uh, yeah, he had uh, some drug paraphernalia. He had a uh, couple vials of steroids in the car. Typical stuff. Yeah. You know, not good. He's but. done some jail time. How in the world? He must have dual duo citizenship. Yes, he does. Okay, because, yeah. like, how is he still getting into the States? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. He's not leaving. If he ever leaves the States, no, never let him no, back No, no, no. He's been in Calgary in the last six months to a year. And then the only other thing is uh, we talked about Brian Pillman, his contract expiring with All Elite Wrestling was at the Performance Center this week. So who knows? Maybe there could be a potential fit there. I'm trying to think. Would would Triple H and Brian Pillman have became friends in 94 when H was there as Levesque? Because I don't know. Well, he wasn't there in 90. Oh, in yeah, WCW. Yeah. As oh, in WCW. Paul Levesque. Yeah, yeah Pillman, Pillman was there. Yeah, in WCW he was I'm wondering there. if someone's pulling for that kid, like Pillman, because I don't know from what I've seen of Pillman how they're looking at that going, okay, we can get this guy onto Raw or SmackDown. No, yeah. I think they're, look, I think they're looking at him as a piece of clay. He's got a good look. He's got a good, good baby face look. Maybe they're looking at him being like, we can do something with him here in NXT. Let's polish him up. So his training was mostly with Teddy Hart in Calgary, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, I couldn't tell I you. I think he did some training in Louisville, and then he then he shot up to Calgary, and they kind of gave him this, the Hart training. Did some training with Player One, too, I think? Oh, well, <laughs> Player One, definitely the best train. Well, okay, I don't want to make any more fun of the guy because I like the guy, but it's getting harder and harder. Um <laughs> So that's, yeah. So Pillman's going to try to get into Yeah, his WWE. official bio says Lance Storm and Rip Rogers. Okay, so Lance. So, I mean, oh, Rip, Rip, okay. Rip okay, Rogers. Yeah, that's good training. Oh, yeah, sure. Rip Rogers is yeah. going to train you. And so is Lance. Right. Lance has yeah. created more talent that went to WWE than probably any trainer in North America. So, wow. Yeah. All, right. All right. Um, You know what time it is. It is time for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious, crave Canadian. Mm. Has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious.
All right, two questions in the Mary Brown's mailbag. But first, Mike, you had a little amendment to our uh, talk earlier about Calgary. Yeah, well, I called my I called my contact Dan Myers, who was in the crowd, and first and foremost, he said that they they drew a respectable crowd of about fifty five hundred people. Wow, um, which is good. And he said from where he sat, that's what he saw. David Benoit was in the front row. I think they showed him on. He camera. was on television yeah. with CM Punk. Yes. Yeah, he says the show was great. The crowd was great. It was pretty hot. Um, it was probably something that the company was pretty happy with in Calgary. It was tied in with Calgary Stampede. Now, what I know about Calgary Stampede on Saturday nights, good luck getting people to stop and go to a wrestling show because it's usually you drink all day Saturday and you drink all night Saturday. Yeah, like I've been there. Them, yeah. yeah, me too. Them running a show in, during Stampede is crazy. Especially on the Saturday like, night. They would have been better to try to do it on the Thursday. Good, they on, had, good on them. They had bad weather too. Yeah. There was a thunderstorm, severe thunderstorm that knocked out the Battle of the Belts. Feed? Uh, the tie-out match with... Um, how did it knock it out? Like the feed went yeah, dead? Yeah, the feed went dead. And then so you missed the entire tie-up Valkyrie match with... Uh, so what did they do on TV to, to get around that? In Canada, they just had a commercial and they went back and it was... Because uh, they showed it late, not live. Okay. And then they had Rick Abani and Nigel came back and they just basically said, here's what happened during the show. Rick Abani did yeah. an outstanding job on the finish of CM Punk and Ricky Starks. And what I said last week is that's the one thing WWE needs to get back to, is announcers making the moment magic, mythical. and Because when you run that clip back 10 years later, if the announcer deadpans on it or doesn't sell it properly, you kill the moment. Have and you seen Tom Hannafin? I know he's one of the best in the business. Is, I don't see enough impact, to, re- but I thought he was good in WWE. He is the Why best. Why did they let him go? He is the best, yeah. him and... Matthew Raywalt, formerly Aiden English. Yeah. They are the Impact Wrestling uh, commentators. They do the best job out of anybody out there right now. I actually sent a tweet out to uh, com- uh, complimenting them, and uh, Matt Raywalt retweeted it and said he's very proud of the work that they do. They do an outstanding job. So, yeah. When Scott Demore gave someone a Canadian destroyer, he's hear Tom Hannafin scream at the top of his lungs, "Oh, Canada!" And it was <laughs> yeah, like, it again, was awesome. It, it was great. adds to the moment. Yeah, totally right? does. Yeah. All right. Two questions in the mailbag. Let's get to it. First one coming in from Kid Remington. Love Kid Remington. Blast from the past. Right what the number show. do you think WPW will hit at the Burt? I'm really intrigued about their sales and how will they how they'll go for the show. The first few weeks were gangbusters, but it's kind of dropped off. Okay, first and foremost, when my when I used to promote, and I will mention, I'm the last guy to draw a thousand people in this market for a wrestling show. If I was at halfway there before the week of the show, I would have been throwing a party. So they had their their hardcore supporters buy the tickets very quickly, and they're over 500. Of course, they're going to slow down after that. Yeah. AEW slowed down in Winnipeg after that. Nothing's been announced yet either for them. So the promoter's job is. To not be sitting there blowing your wad now, you're putting out word that you're doing it, you're leading your angles there, you're telling the people, remember our big event is coming up on this date, but in the last three weeks, that's when you really ignite your network to push hard to get, and that's what they did with Night at the Museum when they drew, what was that, 600? Yeah. Somewhere full. in there. So I have confidence that, because it's also fall, so you can't get to the masses in the middle of summer. So you wait and you build and you build. And then in that last three weeks, you hit it hard. Why people should buy the ticket to this event. 
I believe they're going to get to 1,200. I, and if they don't, they're going to be just shy, but they're going to break the 1,000 mark. And I'm going to have to say I'm no longer the last guy that did it, that they did it, and they deserve to do it. They've done a lot of things right. And I agree with that because you look at it this way. If you compare it to AEW All-In in Wembley Stadium, they've kind of stalled out a little bit now. Nothing announced. They have a legitimate uh, chance to beat several attendance records. They have a chance to set the attendance record. For sure they do. Can you imagine if they announce like a Bill Goldberg or something or something like that? I'm not saying you and I don't really care about that guy, but mainstream, that's going to put an exclamation mark. That's going to put them over the top. So getting back to your point, WPW, I think they're going to sell out. They've also uh, done a pre-sale of 100 tickets. That's going to happen at their next show, sold out, Blue Crushed. 100 tickets on sale for their August 25th show. So that I guarantee those 100 will be gone. And then that's going to be the big push towards uh, Battle at the Burt or Rumble yeah, exactly. at the Burt. So. so I would imagine in the two shows coming up between now and the Burt, they're going to have 100 new fans at each show, exactly. maybe 50 new fans exactly. at each show. So you hope to hook them into buying the ticket to the Burt. Either way, they're going to get... They're going to get to a very healthy attendance because their on sale was so significant. And I don't think they're sitting there going, okay, we've tried everything. Now we don't know what to do to, to sell the rest of these tickets. So they're in, I, they're in amazing shape. Second question into our inbox, totalbeeshees at gmail.com from Terrible Ted. He says, is AEW going soft with their new list of banned moves? It's very much like WWE's. Love the show. Um, I say no. I I say they should have had a list of banned moves. What's a the year consequence ago? if you if you break it? Apparently, the moves and again, it's all similar to like what WWE has. If you're doing a pile driver, it has no. to be authorized. You can't brawl in the crowd. You no can't. inverted pile drivers either. Like the the one that Owen Hart did to Steve Austin. Yeah, That's- no buckle bombs. No. Bu- power bombs on the apron like again this is all like stuff like why like no more doing shit on the apron though is a great rule okay yeah but what is the consequence when a guy does it fines fines okay it's not gonna work i'll tell you why those guys if they think it's a masterpiece that's gonna add like the problem is they sit there and go well i'm on tv this week i'm gonna do a bunch of masterpiece moves and they gotta think okay i'm saving this for when it counts AEW doesn't think about when it counts. They think, this is my opportunity. I'm going to do this. Well, they'd actually have to listen to producers, too, which we know has been a trouble there. So what's going to happen is these guys are going to say, oh, no, I got to deliver every time. And they're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And guys are going to keep getting hurt. And Tony Khan doesn't have the cojones to say, here's your fine. And the second warning is going to be a bigger fine. Third time, I'm going to fire you. He won't do it. It no, will never get enforced. That's absolutely what needs to happen, though. A sliding scale of fines and then firing. Well, or something very significant. Or you go home and you sit for six months, make it part of the contract, and make it so they're not getting paid for six months. I don't know what you do, but... Yeah, so I, I just don't think that... I think that you're... I'm in favor of it. I don't yeah. think they're soft. I think it's smart. No, I, th- I, I think the guy should know better, though. That they're on TV, but they have no direction, and this is an indie with national television. Yes, that's what it is. Let's just and it was it built it on a bunch of indie guys for sure who did not understand. Yeah, because when they started, it was going to be one pay per view every three months and one TV a week. So you had a week to heal every time you went a little too far on TV, 
and it created it's car crash wrestling and a sports style presentation. Do you yeah. remember that when they started? They yeah. were going to do records, win yeah. loss yeah. records, but those, they still have, but yeah. they don't push. They don't push it ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. so I think what the problem is is Tony Khan should hire a general, like a guy who's essentially a legitimate general manager who comes in and says, like what Bill Watts tried to be in WCW with that kind of authority. Mm-hmm comes in and says, listen, one, I will consider cutting your pay if you do stupid shit. Two, this, there is consequence when I tell you to do something and you don't do it. The worst thing a wrestler should ever want to hear from the booker is, that's not what I told you to do. That's not what I asked for. Those are words you should never want to hear from a booker. I've heard or you producer. say to Adam Knight so many times. You've heard me say it a lot. <laughs> because you have to, as, as a guy in charge of the show, somebody has to say, hey, that's not what I asked for. Even if the match was good, you still have to say, you did something that you were told specifically not to do. I don't care that it worked. I asked you not to do that. And that way he's going to tell you, he's going to beak off. Then you have to beak off back. So he understands it's, it's a case. The guy who runs a wrestling locker room is much like the guy who coaches a football team. He's got to be the ultimate alpha. Let me tell you something about the Winnipeg blue bombers. And if you're from the States, you're not going to understand this, but think of your, think of your NFL favorite team coach. If you have a understated, quiet, gentle, gentleman of a coach, he isn't going to get the best results. The coach has to be an alpha. He has to have the respect of his locker room. And he, and when he says you were told to do this or you were, it, it's expected of you to do this. If you don't do it, you have to, you have to worry about the wrath of the coach or you have to worry about disappointing the coach. That is what you need to have from a wrestling, from a wrestling person. And I just don't think Tony Khan commands that kind of respect from what I've seen in press conferences. He doesn't command that kind of respect. So he's never going to get that kind of output from the wrestlers. He needs to hire the guy that's going to command that kind of respect. But more importantly, the guys need to listen. That's why they need that kind of personality. But there has to be some ramifications. There needs to be a Bill Watts level guy. And I know it's, probably not politically correct, but Bill Watts put the fear of God into people because they're like, this guy is legitimately going to slap me. But at this place, he never did. Guys, Triple well, H has that kind of respect well, because, in WWE. Exactly. Yeah, but in AEW, it's the inmates running the asylum. Scott yeah. Damore has that kind of respect yes, in Impact does. because he has that kind of power. Scott, The guys at Impact could not believe when Scott Damore wrestled at Slammiversary. They couldn't believe because they only know him as the executive. As the executive. They didn't even, they weren't even aware this guy's had a career that's started in 1993. Yeah, I'm surprised he still has it. Yeah, he's... Like, but again, if you had to get ready for one match, you could probably pull it off. I will say this for a guy, like, get a guy, you know who could probably do it, who's retired, who could be the guy that would say to the guys, you're going to do it this way, and there, if you don't, there's consequence? Bret Hart. Yeah, and th- he's got enough respect from the guys enough gravitas that yeah that he doesn't need to have that threat of I'll slap you if Brett says oh you know you better not do that but he's also said he can't even watch the show because it's embarrassing yeah he's not a fan of no, their product he's not yeah. and why would he be can you imagine Bret Hart watching Sammy Guevara do a triple sow cow off yeah. a ladder onto a table outside he'd be like what is this but it's got to be somebody that has the power like because al snow guys like that have been agents mm-hmm. and trained that's that'd be a good they guy. could do it but they don't have the power of hey this guy has the power to cut your contract right now who has the power to bench you send you home yeah. stop booking you to put you he 
I, I'll tell you this, as a booker, if I did, when especially local, if I told you to do something you didn't, you better believe you're doing three jobs in the next, like your push is gone. And in fact, to reinforce that your push is gone, you are losing a match to somebody in the, in, to a jobber to make it clear. And then, and then the conversation is, did you learn from what you've just gone through? And people hated that I was such a petty booker, but the consequence was there if the action wasn't what was asked for. Long answer to the question. If you want to get your questions on the Mary Brown's mailbag, you can do so by checking us out on social media. We are not on threads yet. Good. <laughs> not yet. Terrible. We're going to be on threads soon, though. We'll delete mine soon. Don't do it. Facebook. Don't, I haven't even looked at this. Don't thing look yet. for me on threads. Look look for us all on uh, B She's Wrestling on Facebook, Total B She's on Twitter. And total she's at gmail.com. she's wrestling on Instagram as well. You can slide into our and DMs. YouTube. she's wrestling. she's wrestling on YouTube. We don't put anything up much, but lots of res- wrestling episodes though of uh, yes. WFX. So yes. there you go. So go that when that you out. hear me brag about what a great booker I was, you can see my case. You can use my work as a case study. or me almost getting into a fight with Bob Holly. <laughs> yes, I should. I should have found out what episode that was. And now Mecca Shane Madison, it's up to you to take over with the event center. This. Is your BG's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia. Saturday, July 29th, WrestleCore is in Surrey. We shift to Alberta. Thursday, July 27th, Clandestine Wrestling Society versus Love Wrestling is in Edmonton. Also, Thursday, July 27th, Can-Am Wrestling is in Olds. Friday, July 28th, Can-Am Wrestling is in Innisfail. Friday, July 28th, Love Pro Wrestling is in Edmonton. And finally, Saturday, July 29th, Can-Am Wrestling is in Redwater. We shift to Saskatchewan, where the Manitoba-based Canadian Wrestling's Elite is on tour. Tuesday, July 25th, they're in Weyburn. Wednesday, July 26th, they're in Prince Albert. Thursday, July 27th, in Saskatoon. Friday, July 28th, in Yorkton. And Saturday, July 29th, come see the stars of CWE in Regina. All shows feature former WWE superstar, The Mountie. And finally, we shift to Manitoba Friday, July 28th. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is sold out in Winnipeg. And that has been your B She's Wrestling Event Center, but we have a special message from the real deal, James Roth. Hey, B She's listeners, this is the real deal, James Roth, reminding you that the World Police and Fire Games are in Winnipeg, July 28th through August the 6th. You can catch me and the Winnipeg Smoke Division One hockey team July 29th at 1.30 p.m., July 30th at 9.15 a.m., July 31st at 10.40 a.m., and August the 1st at 10.40 a.m. And that game is against the Winnipeg Police. All games will be at the Seven Oaks Arena, 725 Kingsbury Avenue. More information about sports and schedules can be found at WPFG2023.com. And if you don't see me at the rink, I'll see you in the ring. I've had a great time on this show this week. So much fun. Please understand anything I laughed at was at nothing that should be canceled. Please don't cancel me for anything I said. Uh, like the whorehouses, coming in though. The, the whorehouses or anything like that. Um, how many events was that in the event center? 12 events. And unfortunately, Dave Cote, I'm not going to get to any of them this week. Um, producer, it, producer Chris, 
you are my conscience. You are the person that reminds me that there is something called cancel culture. The f- look on your face when I say certain things make me think I've got no chance of a next week. I hope I, what's going on with your eyebrows? I, I is don't there know. something going on with them. your eyebrow? I can't see them. Do you see something with his eyebrow? I think it's just from wearing the bal- balaclava. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just worn off my eyebrow a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Um, I Again, thank you, boys, for making this such a fun week. And to the listeners, let us know your thoughts. If we were repulsive, let us know. If we were funny, let us know. And if we were just jack-offs, let us know. For the, in the meantime and in between time, another edition of the Be She's Wrestling Show.